And we are live back with another episode of Shifting the Narrative on Everything Autism. I'm Torin Kearns, and as usual, I'm joined by the Autism Sage herself, Mama Baden. Oh, and Ryan's here too. <laughs> great introduction. I did that Ryan's here too. Um, there's always great discussion when the three of us together are together. Um, great different perspectives, but all with the same intent of shifting the narrative on everything autism. Um, so Ryan, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a nice day today. Finally. I know. I'm so glad the sun's, I went out to sit in between our break and I went to go sit um, and get some sunshine and vitamin D. And about 10 minutes later, like the wasps were looking for a spot to put their nest and then the yeah. woodbees were looking for a spot to build a wood. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's time for me to like go inside and give you guys your space. Yeah, because yeah, she, she she lives in like the wilderness of Virginia. I know I live in the woods, but it is a nice sunny day. So to so, an idea of how rural Stacy, the area Stacy lives in, is like the Republicans there burn books. I'm not even making that up. Yeah, like they burn yeah. books in her school district. Yes, it's so weird. I know the viewers can't see it, but it's so weird seeing Ryan clean shaven. You look like Luis Guillorme because he's just shaved. The guy in the Mets that brewing beard, he shaved it. That's what that's how you look like him now. Clean shaved. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what is our jump off topic for today, gentlemen? Well, Ryan hit us up with a couple topics Mm -hmm. that he wanted to do, and the first thing we're going to talk about is the what's the reason I brought up Luis Guillorme in New York Mets. The New York Mets are the first baseball team in North America to install a sensory nook. So basically, uh, Barnes & Nobles runs a company called Nook, which are basically these tablets that you can play games on. They're similar to, like, uh, Kindles. They're, they're basically Barnes & Nobles' uh, equivalent of Kindles. They don't sell as well. They're not as popular. But Barnes & Nobles is desperate to keep to keep the money train going. Mm-hmm. So they've... I'm pitching this like it's a bad thing, but it's actually a great thing. The New York Mets were installed a sensory nook in City Field for parents who take their autistic kids to the game who can't handle all the loud noises mm-hmm. and the lights and just the massive amount of disappointment from being a Mets fan. And you can take <laughs> and the massive the, amounts of alcohol. And the massive amounts of alcohol, there's shitloads of alcohol because you can't watch that game. So you can't watch the Mets sober. And they have this nook that you can take your child to. Mm-hmm. And they have games and fun little sounds and all, all the stuff that can help keep an autistic child regulating, keep them from melting down. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about that. And then we want to segue that after this conversation into martyr moms. I want to define what a martyr mom is, mm-hmm. what's wrong with martyr moms, and how we can basically fight against martyr momism. And mm-hmm. Stacy believes these two topics link. And the more I think about it, the more I see they, they are connected. But mm-hmm. first... Let's start with my team, the New York Mets, actually doing something cool, which doesn't happen very often. I'm proud to be a Met fan. It's kind of a weird feeling. So I'm going to wait and pause on my my input. <laughs> I'm going to listen to because um, I have I have lots of mixed feelings about you about. Probably, you probably shouldn't, or me and Ryan are going to turn this into a baseball podcast. So <laughs> you should you should probably set the tone right yeah, now. Yeah, listen, you got to reel us back in. We might slip. Okay. Yeah. So well, you should so, set the tone right now. So I'll 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 ask, or I, I don't even have to ask. It sounds like you guys feel like this is a really great idea, and it's a really good step towards. Um, something um, 
would we call it inclusion? Is that what we would call yes, it? Yes, it's definitely yeah. a first yeah. step. My biggest issue was that there's only one. Yeah. You can only fit about two. I think they have like four little iPads and you fit mm -hmm. up to four kids. I wish there were like two or three of these nooks, each four mm -hmm. iPads. Um, I think it's great, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it, it it when we talk about inclusion, and it's it's not in like a clot a storage closet in the back, it's right in the concourse where it's mm -hmm. easy to find. Yeah. This is what we mean by inclusion. We don't mean everybody else has to bend over backwards for us. We mean yeah. can we get a nook like in the corner where mm -hmm. we can go to get regulated where mm -hmm. autistic children don't have the self-regulating skills and don't have a choice odds are and whether or not they go see a Met game. <laughs> like I choose to go a Met game and suffer. Like yeah. I choose to do that to be packed in with the crowds and deal with all the drunk assholes and just the legion of just right wing ass hats that mm -hmm. because Met fans are, are have a certain there's a certain type of Met fans just a right wing asshole. Like mm -hmm. there are definitely people I saw at City Field last week who stormed the Capitol. I'm convinced of that. So I but Listen, I you choose... got nothing on Yankee fans, all right? I got to tell when you're done. <laughs> I choose subject myself to that. Oftentimes autistic children don't. So yeah. to have a place where they can avoid melting down, I'm actually mm -hmm. really excited. I don't sound excited. I'm working off about three hours of sleep, but I love this. I really do to see this sort of inclusion and to show how simple it is mm -hmm. and how you can combine inclusion with big business. Cause we do mm -hmm. live in a capitalist society yeah. where the only way we're getting anything is someone can make money off it and look decided that they were going to tap into a market because they're trying to compete with Amazon. So mm -hmm. they found a way to tap into a market. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a good idea. I think my issue is, Torin, I'm so greedy. I always want more, right? Um, and, and part of it is always also that I'm always thinking of how people who don't have a connection to autism perceive things like this, right? And so one of the things that we're having these discussions um, um, or what the reason why we're having the discussion is because we're trying to shift the narrative around everything autism, right? And the general perception, and when I say general perception, I'm saying people who have never either, either some people haven't heard the word, believe it or not. Some people have never met, never seen, like, you know, this whole thing, or they have, and their perception is that our children are uncontrollable and have to be whisked away to calm down. Right. And so my fear, my gut's always like, Oh, I love that they have a sensory space, but then urgh, it perpetuates the fact that our children can't handle and they have to be whisked away. And I hate that concept. And it may not even be what anyone else is thinking. Right. It may just mean my biasness around shadows in the school, tagging children all day, and no one's really implementing strategies. They're just waiting until they're going to have a meltdown and they whisk them away to the calming room, right? Um, because people think our children just need to calm down all day. And so for me, I think, I'm like, oh, I love that they have a sensory area. Oh, are they doing like, are there like videos that people can watch to learn about what autism really is or autistic individuals? Like, like I'm always about what they, while they're, while there's a sensory room for the kids who need it and the families who need it, are the other people going to also get educated? But that's my greedy, intellectual, idealistic way of wanting everything to be a learning experience, right? <laughs> and, and here's my counter argument, and we'll get Ryan into this in a minute. Here's my counter argument. One, you don't go to 
City Field, which is in the ass, which in New York City is in the ass end of nowhere. It's in a parking lot. It's, it's right in by a the parking airport. lot, surrounded by chop shop shots where they where Korean gangbangers sell meth at them. <laughs> That's where it in is. In the park, and the giant park, and, 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 and a giant and, and a giant uh, park mm-hmm. where uh, Central American gangbangers sell mm-hmm. meth at them. And and as a result, you, you don't go there to learn. You what? go there. You know, you go there to drink fifteen dollar beers, get loaded, 17. and seventeen. It, it's it's safe fields fifteen. We're 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 a little cheaper in the Yankee Stadium. <laughs> get loaded and watch the Mexicans. Yes. That's why you're there. So exactly. you're not there to learn. So I know. even if you had that sort of stuff, I feel like it'd be underutilized. And the second thing is, while I under, trust me, I understand that perpetuating the idea that we constantly need to be whisked away is an issue. Trust me, I, I, I get that. I'm, I'm a big opponent of autistic kids aren't made of glass. Baseball stadiums are, can be rough. They're one yeah. of the roughest. I was yeah. coming out of a game last week, and it was one of the games that came right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. So it came down the last out, so no one left early. Mm-hmm. And as a result, everyone had everyone left the same time. What you had was about thirty thousand people, and that's not even a sellout. That stadium holds about forty-two thousand. Mm-hmm. You had about thirty to thirty-five thousand people shoved into this concourse, in like the human equivalent of like the traffic in LA, just gridlocked, just standing mm-hmm. there, like packed in, like shoulder to shoulder for 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just getting off the train platform is like that because the train yeah. platform only has one staircase because Genius has built it. So just the being packed in and the noise and it's hot there, especially during mm-hmm. the summer because there's not a lot of shade depending on where you're sitting and, and the seats are uncomfortable. All that stuff is just sensory hell. It's bad yes. for me and I know how to cope and I enjoy myself because I'm a Met fan. I love yeah. going to those games. Like I went to two games in a row last week. I was burnt out the whole rest of the week. Like it's rough. <laughs> so in this particular circumstance, I yeah. love the fact that there's somewhere for autistic kids who don't have the coping skills yes. I've developed as an adult. Yes. To be able to avoid just melting down. No, I Ryan, totally what, what, agree. What are your thoughts on this? Well, as an autistic adult who unfortunately decided to watch the Yankees for a living, <laughs> I can tell you that. Baseball games are pretty rough, even for me. Like, you're surrounded by drunk people before you even get in the door. You're waiting like 30, 40 minutes just to have them check you with a metal detector. Well, you you forgot to start with the ride on the into a freaking baseball game. You forgot to start with the ride on the four train. The four <laughs> train's actually not so bad. The D train is a nightmare. I oh think it's really I've been on the four train. So he's talking about Yankee Stadium. We're talking about the subway lines. Yeah. The two subway lines to go to Yankee Stadium are. When there's a game, I'm about to say something incredibly inappropriate, but it's like being in a cattle box car. Ah, yeah. Like, no, I know what you're it, saying. Yeah, it's like being, it, it's awful. So you yeah. start with that. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ryan, but you start with that before you even get to the freaking stadium. Yeah. It's like you're in a box car where you can't breathe, especially during yeah. the summer. Right. And then you get in to the stadium mm-hmm. and then you can't even really indulge in like souvenirs and food and all that because next thing you know you're at a hundred dollars with one hat and one t-shirt <laughs> yes i checked the prices of these just to make sure yeah and it's like oh well and then there are times where you just kind of feel overwhelmed especially when you're sitting in your seat and everyone around you is screaming they're taunting the players mm-hmm. they're all drunk you can smell their breath it's horrible 
Oh. Sometimes you really just need to get away for a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm really happy about this nook. So do you down and just kind of breathe, yes. and get, get your equilibrium back, and then you're back out enjoying the fun again. So do you think the nook is more designed for autistic adults to be able to enjoy the game? And, and I'm only saying that I'm, I'm, well, it's I'm designed not for children, but adults can definitely, I'm not it. against the nook, right? My, my proactive parenting tells me like, don't bring kids to a place that's overstimulating, right? Like there are certain things we don't get to do when we're parents and it sucks. And that's one of the things, if you have a kid who can't tolerate a baseball game, however, that doesn't happen in the real, real world. Um, and I do thank you for reminding me that people don't go to a baseball game to learn because I am anti-sports. So when I go to a sports event, I'm just going for the beer, the nachos, and I usually bring a book. So thank you for reminding me that people actually go to a game to enjoy the game. <laughs> but um, I would like to know if it is designed for adults, because I think there's probably more autistic adults that attend the game than children do. And, but is it like baby Do we know if it has like like I, I don't know. I have a picture of it right here, and I can tell you a description. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like a two-seater from what I'm what I'm seeing. It's a well. Hold, hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up on my computer, and then I'll send you a, a picture of it, Stacy. It, it's definitely designed for children, only mm -hmm. because it's designed by non-autistics, and non-autistic people assume that children at the age of eighteen just disappear or stop being. Oh, autistic. okay, that's right, that's right, that's so right. That's right. There, there, there are there is nothing designed for autistic adults that that doesn't okay. exist. Okay. Act. But yes, Act. it can be it can be utilized for adults, but it's made for children because that's what parents, the big concern for parents are, they'll take their autistic kids to a game because, well, other parents take their kids to the game and their kids have no idea what's going on. So I see, maybe if I take a little Johnny to the game, he'll act normal and then he melts down because everything was just mentioned. Yeah. So that's what well, you're being, parents. you're just, you're bored and you get, you stop being interested. That was me as a kid because I yeah. used to get dragged to Shea Stadium, which is the previous home of the Mets in the same location. That yeah, I hate now. you because I never got a chance to go to Shea Stadium. And you're not and even. Uh, a I always fan. fell asleep by the fifth inning. I was like, oh, God, I, can't, I don't want to do this. They sucked. I don't blame you. The team sucked. It's, it's really <laughs> interesting how children, just historically, all kids, you're dragged to so many things that you're not interested in, right? Like you're exactly. just like, oh, my oh, gosh. Tell I mean, me about it. Yeah, just so many things. And then your parents are confused as to why you're not happy. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is boring. Um, it's really funny uh, in in Puerto Rico how, you know, Puerto Rico is very social. And so on Sundays, it's family day and everyone's at the bars and hanging out. And it's just, I love to sit and watch all of the children like sitting like, how many more beers are they going to drink? Like, like, when are we going to be going home? And the parents are having a blast, right? And the kids are like not interested. So I think it's a great start. I'm hoping that they consider adults. Um, I will, before we segue to how I, how I think this sort of fits into the other topic, I, I think that, you know, like I said, I'm kind of greedy. So what I would idealistically maybe like to see is something to the effect of where there's a, you know, how there are suites, like people who have money get suites to watch the game and have catered food. I would love to have a sensory suite so that parents could watch the game their autistic children could be in the suite and the suite would have sensory regulating stuff, whether it's whatever it is that kids need and everybody enjoys the game and the kids have a good time and everyone's regulated and everybody still gets to watch the game. Um, 
you know, some of the churches actually have that where parents don't have to miss out when their children need to go into a quieter area. Um, but like I said, I'm just greedy. Um, but okay. I, I, that did... sounds really nice. I just perceive one problem. Yes. Capitalism. That suite is going to be charged up the ass if they ever put that in there, especially in the beginning. They're going to want to prove it's sustainable. So uh, it is a great idea. Yes. Just, you know, the progress train moves slowly, unfortunately. Well, I'll, I'll add in there to add to my dream. The frosting on top is that it's actually it's just sponsored by a philanthropist and people don't have to pay any more than anyone else. I don't think they should get it for free. I don't think people should get everything for free just because of whatever your circumstances. I'm not saying you can't get some stuff. I'm saying, I don't think that it should just be people get everything for free. If you like to go to the Mets game and you like to get season tickets and all right. So speaking of parents wanting to go to the Mets game and they have this wonderful sensory nook, I would say that this is probably what facilitates parents to be martyr parents, right? Oh, you know, our children can't, oh, it's so hard for me to do. Oh, it's really hard for me. I need this, right? And taking on sort of that martyr position. But Torin, you're going to tell us what a martyr mom is, right? Martyr mom. I want, I think, I feel like you'd be better to find that. Well, for me, I think it's, um, it's the constant woe is me because of your child's diagnosis, right? And the constant, um, the parents need to have special stuff or special considerations or, and I'm not talking about accommodations and supporting needs. I'm talking about using your child's diagnosis to make it focus on you and how hard your life is and that everyone around you needs to feel sorry for you and keep lifting you up and oh my gosh and you forget about the fact that your child is the one that is trying to navigate this environment with all of the demands put on them your child is the one struggling to try to communicate however I will say um, that, and I think I might've mentioned this before. I don't know if it was on recording or not, but I also see how parents of autistic children have taken that on more than maybe other parents of children with disabilities because parents of autistic children, especially in the schools and within their own family, are treated like shit because of their children. Like literally not invited to family events, never told about the family vacation. No one wants to come to their house. So they feel like, or they take on the burden that they, they, they take on this burden because of their child's diagnosis. And I think it just becomes mucky. Um, and that's just my perception looking from the outside, you know, into what's what I see And I say that because I do, I do see a difference in how parents, I mean, even in a meet, like I'm an educator and I can tell you all of the years that I've worked, 
parents of any other child with a disability has never been treated the way a parent that walks in with an IEP that has autism written on it. Like the schools are just crappy. Like they're just crappy to the parents. So I, 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 I understand how parents feel and take it on, but I don't think that it is good to, to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. The one, I'll, I'll comment on that in a second. Mm-hmm. One thing I should say, I should have done this research for the episode, but this is shifting the narrative. We sort of go by the seat of our pants. Um, so I was wrong. The sensory nook actually is meant for all ages, and City okay. Field actually offers several sensory inclusion things. So they have, and these are all free of charge. They have light sensitivity glasses, noise reducing headphones, sensory bags, and weighted lap pads. I don't know what the last two are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have the sensory nook. They allow uh, service animals. Uh, they have a social story. I inspect to see the phrase "social story" on on a New York Mets on the New York Mets website. So that's yes, cool. we get it. You have the better ballpark. Uh, <laughs> wheelchair access. Uh, that I already knew. So they do actually have some. Mm-hmm. They have quiet. They have a uh, one, two, three, four quiet areas. Gotcha. They're not like seated areas. They're places where you mm-hmm. can take someone that's quiet if the yeah. child's melting down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it actually, they, they, so they, they are relatively accessible. Their accessibility is better, well over average, actually. Oh, that's um, good. Active listening devices, handheld radios. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they're pretty good on this, actually. And, and hopefully, you know, for parents out there listening, you know how I feel about being proactive. Don't wait until the meltdown starts. Like you should know your child to say, okay, it's been 20 minutes. Let me go take them to the sensory nook and then we'll come back. Right. If you can not wait until they get overloaded, that is much better for everyone. But, yeah. But to answer your question about the martyr moms, how mm-hmm. I define a martyr mom is basically somebody who makes things about them and Mm -hmm. who essentially goes around real life and social media Mm -hmm. pleading their case about how hard they have it Mm -hmm. with no regard to how their child Mm -hmm. feels Mm -hmm. and everything they do essentially virtue signaling Mm -hmm. in the quest for understanding and empathy Yes. Let me rephrase that. Oh, so this isn't Understanding like a group of or anything, like a non-official group. Okay. Yeah, I was they, a little confused there. Yes, they, 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 they don't to want empathy. That, they, they, they want people to feel bad for them. So I should say sympathy. So yes. th- th- there is a difference. That's yeah. how I define them. And um, I, I'm trying to be considerate, but I'm not the biggest fan of them. This, this mm-hmm. conversation got spurred by a meme which shows an autism shirt that like moms can wear. And it says mm-hmm. like autism mom and... It's always hard to uh, describe a meme. Oh, but it says can like, I try? yeah. Because I think I know what you're talking about. It, yeah, I sent it to you. You should know what I'm talking it, about. It shows a shirt, <laughs> and it's done in the style of like a nutrition label you see whenever yeah. you buy food or drinks. Yep. So it says like serving size, one supportive mom. Awesome, one hundred percent. Understanding, one hundred percent. And this is the part that got both of our attention. Patience, 200%. Ah, whoa, now. Yeah, and by the way, patience, 200 is written larger than the other stuff. 
it, yeah, they made it stand out, which is like, mm-hmm. I don't think that sent the message you wanted to send. Yeah. Yeah. Proud, and- 150% proud. <laughs> uh, proud of themselves for, for again, simply magnificent, 100%. Tears, oh. 82 grams. <gasps> Tears, yeah, yeah, I just saw like, that one. Tears, 82 grams. Total satisfaction, 110%. I don't even know why that's in there. Uh, commitment, 200 grams. Love, 400%. Heart, 300 grams. Tears, 82 grams. Inseparable, 100%. Like like, like, like you would for, for a vitamin. So I, I guess for me, uh, my well, question... This is funny, though. It says daily values may, may vary depending on time of day. Oh, but that's funny. I'm not going to lie. That, that's oh. kind of cute. I wouldn't, I don't understand. Like I would, my question would be, what is the purpose of wearing the shirt? What is the purpose of making that? To let everybody know that you're, that you have an autistic child or exactly. And that you, and that you work hard Mm -hmm. and that you want people to fucking feel bad for you because your life is so hard. Yes. 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 You want to get sympathy from strangers. Yes. 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 And I think that's where I really, really struggle um, in terms of the woe is me. And, and, and the reality of it is there are a lot of people walking around society that have a lot of shit they're dealing with that is really, 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 really bad, right? Like a two-year-old in cancer treatment is some really yucky crap, right? To have to deal with as a parent. So what makes anyone feel like they need to advertise that their journey is so difficult that we should all just move out of the the way? Because the parent of the cancer kid gets to have their video on Facebook go viral. That's why. Jealousy, misery loves company, all of that, envy. All that kind of fun stuff. Sorry. No, 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 no. I I think the other component, you know, speaking from a parent perspective, I know that you gentlemen don't have kids. um, There are some people, um, many people, that when they become pregnant, when they have their baby, literally they are living vicariously through their child, their child's entire life, right? Like they can't even separate themselves from the beginning, right? And that perpetuates or is perpetuated when you have a diagnosis because then it's like you can't even separate your own identity from your child's diagnosis, which is really very dangerous. And I think for me, my concern is when you have the woe is me, when you walk around and you you take on, um, you know, I'm an autism mom. It's like, so now you're disrespecting the actual autistic person who is an actual mom of an autistic person. And now you're taking like, like that to me is like, I have a problem with that, right? Because it's not your identity. You're not an autism mom. You're a mom of an autistic child. And there are autistic women who are autistic and moms, right? And so they are actual autistic moms. If Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And- and, and Ryan, to answer your question, I know it's a bit off topic. Uh, the Yankee Stadium doesn't have nearly the inclusive stuff that City Field does. Those are for those of you who don't know the two. Uh, we, New York City is two major league baseball teams: the Yankees and the Mets. 
City Fields where the Mets play, and Stadiums where the Yankees play. Yankees, they have a sensory kit that has some of the stuff, but they don't mm-hmm. have quiet areas. Um, they don't have the nook, obviously. They're, 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 their accessibility page is way shorter than City Fields is. So do you all think that if we didn't have social media, there would be a bunch of modern moms with t-shirts that had a nutrition value on the oh, back? Fuck no. <laughs> Social media is great, but it does give a platform for these mm-hmm. people to expand their reach where they never possibly could have before. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's a real double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. That really just that really just hurts everyone. Yeah. What I want to ask you, Stacey, is since you're the neurotypical of the group, what I need you to get into the head of a martyr mom. What sort of <laughs> and so the audience can understand, because mm-hmm. I kind of understand it, but I'm not a parent. But what what goes through the minds of a martyr mom that makes them a martyr mom? Huh. That's a really, gosh, I actually have to think about that. And, and let me, let me, let me just for the listeners and I, and the, the answer will come to me as I process this. Um, when you say that, I think about, you know, uh, you're asking me and, and I'm not a mom of an autistic child. Right. Um, but what the listeners may not know is I am the mom of a son who has, um, who had a mental health crisis and therefore has a mental health diagnosis. And I don't walk around feeling like, you know, woe is me. And so, you know, I have my own personal stuff that I have to, you know, sort of worry about as his mother, but it's, it's not my diagnosis, right? And so I can't expect everyone to feel sorry for me. And I wouldn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. And I certainly wouldn't expect anyone to give me stuff (laughs) because, you know, I had to go through the trauma of, you know, helping my son um, uh, get better, right? Um, I think that a lot of moms don't have anyone to talk to when they get a diagnosis because other moms of children who don't have autism do this because they don't understand. So then you have a mom who's by herself and then she meets they another mom. Because you can't see us. What you did, Stacey, did oh. with the motion of pulling back like you touched a hot stove. Uh, thank you, Torin. <laughs> and so you have this mom who has access to social media Um, And she sees another mom and then another mom. And then, and then it just perpetuates because either I don't even know what to do with, you know, my, my, my child, because no one's told me what autism is, or I'm all alone or whatever is going on, right. Dad's checked out or whatever's going on. And so you have this vulnerable, vulnerable person that has to parent a child that they're trying to figure out and navigate. And then there's all this pressure from school and therapists and doctors and all this stuff that's thrown on them. Um, and, and so they end up getting caught up in it, right? Because everyone else is doing it. Um, and you know what it reminds me of now that I'm saying it out loud, not reminds me, well, reminds me of is after the election, um, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to get into a political conversation, but after the election, they interviewed people and there was a lady who said that she really, truly believed that if Biden won, the Chinese were going to come and take her child 
And I thought, <laughs> I mean, I really, I, I remember just thinking, I don't even know how to wrap my head around why anyone would, I mean, China doesn't want their own kids. Like who's coming to the States? Like, <laughs> like, like, I mean, logically, like why would China want to come and get more children? So, and it was supposed to be for sex trafficking, right? China's going to come. And so the, the good thing is though, that she was telling the reporter I was in such a dark place with the pandemic and not being able to work. And social media was my only connection to the outside. And I saw one post and I got sucked down the rabbit hole and I couldn't get out. And, and she said, she remembers it took her like two weeks to stop hiding in the closet with her children. Cause she really thought they were coming to get her children. And I thought like, like it doesn't even make sense to me right it makes no there's nothing around that story about china coming like nothing makes sense right i'm not saying that there's not stuff that goes on in the world but so when i think about that and i think about when people are lonely and vulnerable and they feel like they don't have any connection and if you connect to someone who is into dragging people into this rabbit hole of feeling sorry for yourself you just keep going. Right. And then you can't get out and then you're stuck um, until you maybe meet someone who thinks differently. Now I will say, I don't ever, you know, I think everyone has a right to wear whatever shirt they want to wear. It is not, you know, hurting other people technically. Um, I think people have a right to, (laughs) to, you know, choose how they want to parent their children. Um, but I do think that the the martyr mom scenario is dangerous for a lot of children because then their needs are forgotten about. And, and that's where I get concerned, right? As someone who is a parent coach in terms of, as my famous phrase uh, that I say often is, it's just really not about you. Once you have a baby, it's not about you anymore. I know people talk about self-care, whatever, self-care, self-care. I don't understand how anybody who has a child has self-care every Saturday. I mean, what the freak is that about? When you you know, A lot of people who have kids were really not prepared to have kids. No, or didn't want them and just had them because that's what you do. I mean, I have lots of moms who've told me I just wanted a cat. And I'm like, so why do you have three children? Well, my mother-in-law said, okay. Well, did, so they, keep trying, did they keep trying till they got one that wasn't autistic? You didn't. I do have some folks have done that because they feel like <laughs> what the fuck? That's a joke. Yeah, no, people have done God that. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised, but 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 I will say, I will say, as someone who's been in the field of of you know special education for, I think that's not a term we're supposed to use anymore. I can't keep really? up with terms. I don't know. I can't keep up, Torrin. It's just like every day. It's like, hey, we don't say that anymore. And I'm like, okay, what? Do, like, can you? Is there an app that can update every day and like flag on my? Whoever someone's gonna come up with that and they're gonna make a shitload of money off it. Let's do it. Let's learn how to make apps. Let's you go. Know how right make apps. Like any of you good with tech? Because I'm not. Someone's I gonna hear it. Someone's gonna, they're gonna hear it on the podcast, and then we're gonna have to like sue them to get like our that was our original idea. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Give us like the five percent, damn it. We want our yeah, credit. The joke's on us, it's the Chinese to come up with it. They don't believe in intellectual property anyway, so oh, gosh. So, so I can say that, um, oh gosh, what was my point? We were talking about, oh no. Oh, about how 
the murder moms don't understand that once you have a kid, it's about, yes. it, it's not about, it's not about you. Yes, 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 yes. And, and so, um, I can say that in the, we're talking about people who don't want to be moms and you know, children, you know, who, who really didn't want to have children. And I will say that in the field that I've been in working with lots and lots, when I say, I don't even know how many parents, like I'm thousands and thousands of parents. Um, a lot of parents do choose to have another child so that whatever disability diagnosis that their, their, their first child has is because they really just want to make sure that someone's there to take care of their child when they die. And that's something that only a parent can really understand, right? Because once you have your baby, you worry about your baby, right? And you know that you're going to die first. Well, you're supposed to die first, according to the rules of the way we come into the world. But um, so a lot of parents do choose to do that. I think the tricky part when it comes to um, autism is typically one of the parents is undiagnosed and the propensity for having more than one child <laughs> um is 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 pretty um predictable um i well, mean I have, it's both parents ah, well there you go i have um i have a, a mom that um bless her heart and she's such an awesome mom she's three kids they're finally you know the last one finally got diagnosed and she's like i just I can't believe I didn't see it. I didn't see it. My husband is so autistic and I didn't see it. And of course it's been, it's a disaster. Unfortunately, they're um, not together because the dad is not embracing the fact that. Is this the, is this the engineer? No, 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 no. This is, um, and I'm trying to be as vague as possible because it is a custody case that I have to. Um, uh, uh, so I was going to say, if you, if you ladies, if you marry a dude who's in like, Com like computer science or engineering or programming or any like the hard empirical sciences, they're probably autistic because that's where a lot of us go because you don't need people skills. Things are predictable. And like, we don't have to act quote unquote normal. We can be weird as fuck mm -hmm. as long as we're good at our job. So if you date an engineer, the dude's probably on the spectrum. Just give you a heads up. You know, you know, what's really interesting, what what this particular mother said to me, um, she said, you know, I thought about why I chose him, like why I gravitated towards him. And it was because exactly those reasons. He was very dedicated and committed to his job. He was very loyal. He did not go out and party. And so she thought, oh, this is great, right? Not somebody who could possibly cheat on me. <laughs> well, Great. He's not cheating on you, but because he does not understand his neurodiversity, he is not demonstrating um, healthy parenting, right? Um, like both, both me and Ryan, both our fathers were almost certainly non-diagnosed autistics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your dad, definitely. But both, both our dads, both our dads, mm -hmm. but like. Mine for sure. And he's from France, so I don't know how they were over there in his time, but. Yeah, I can't imagine it was very good if you if he did if he found out he was. So that's probably but, but why both he was our fathers are, um, well, were in my case, undiagnosed autistic. I'm convinced mm -hmm. of that. But with unlike Mike, but sort of a tale of two uh, people because my dad, because he was undiagnosed and had several other mental health issues, mm -hmm. it basically ruined his life. He turned yeah. to drugs. They never really made anything of himself. Ryan's dad's quite successful. I'm not going to say what he does on camera, but mm -hmm. he's very, like, 
objectively successful. Like you'd mm-hmm. say, you'd hear what he does for a living. He's objectively successful. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they live in a nice part of New York City in an expensive apartment. Um, so it, it's sort of, he's just really antisocial, very routine-oriented, mm-hmm. hates people. <laughs> Especially <laughs> me. He really hates me. But it, it, sort of, it, 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 it sort of shows you how it comes out two different ways. But I digress. One of the questions I have for you, Stacey, is your son had a mental health crisis. What mm-hmm. kept you from turning into one of those martyr parents? Because not just with autism, but just it's seeing the most autism. What kept you from turning? What, what was what's different between your mindset and somebody else's that kept you from being like, "What was me? My son had a mental health crisis. People give me sympathy. <laughs> I'm traumatized." <laughs> what what kept you? Because parents will turn into that. What yes. kept you from turning into yes. that? And parents do that not just with something traumatizing. They do it with something like, "It's my wedding too." It's like, "Mom, it's not my. It's not your <laughs> wedding. It's my wedding." Um, so I will say that I've actually said this to my children when they were in junior high, when my son was like, you know, not doing what he needed to do in school. And I told him, I said, you know, Marcel, you know that, Ooh, I said, his, I'm sure he won't mind if I said his name. I said, Marcel, you know that mommy loves you and I want the very best for you. You also know that I'm the mom that is there for you and I support you, but I do not live vicariously through you. I am not you. You are you. And if you want to go to the eighth grade again, you can go to the eighth grade again. I'm finished the eighth grade. And I actually do that with my students. Like when I have students that are old enough, I used to tell my students, listen, I'm your new speech therapist. These are the things that you need to work on. You need to let me know if you need to work on them because I'm finished junior high. You're the one that needs to get through junior high. I will help you get through junior high, but you have to decide that you want to do the work. And like, decide, right? So I am already of the frame of mind that I love my children. I have always wanted to be a mother. I have always wanted to um, parent and I I love my role as a parent and I put everything into it, but I've always been very clear on it is their life to live. It is their um They get to make the decisions. Yes, there are things that I want for my children. Yes, there are things that I would love for my children to experience, but it's their life, just like my life is mine. You know, the things that I pushed back on with my parents that they didn't agree with, it's my life, right? The mistakes that I made are my mistakes. It's not yours and it's not a reflection on your parenting. And I think that a lot of times parents get caught up in their children are a reflection of themselves and they wrap themselves up into it and if your child is not in the gifted program, then you're not a good parent. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything, right? Anything. Um, and I think that's the difference is I want, I mean, I have had as an educator outside of, you know, uh, a, a parent of an autistic child, as an educator, I have sat in a meeting with a parent and said, listen, we've got to really work hard on getting this reading. I need you you know, to back me up and you got to build a blood home. What can I do to support you? Because, you know, for him to grow up and, and move out, you know, and, and, and be on his own, that mom looked straight at me and said, I don't plan on my son ever leaving my home. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'm done. Thank you very much for coming in today. I'm finished. Yeah, because my goal, and and I I will say, Torin, um, you know, I can actually thank my dad for that, right? My dad's not a big on talking, but my dad has these wonderful nuggets when he does say something. And I remember when I was a young and eager speech therapist and in this small town of rain, 
Louisiana and I was talking to the students. I'm like, yeah, you know, don't you want to blah, 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 because if you learn this, then you can go across the bridge, right? Because across the bridge was to the big city. And I went home and talked to my dad. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get these students to, you know, motivate. And, you know, I want, you know, tell them like, if you do this, you know, you can go across the bridge. And my dad looked at me and said, Stacy, everybody doesn't want to go across the bridge. And I'm like, what? I want to go because I want to go across every bridge, right? Every, there's a, I want to go every. And he looked at me and he said, everyone doesn't want to go across the bridge. And I went back to those students and changed my entire <laughs> message to them and realized they are perfectly fine living in this wonderful small community, living on a farm, working, and, and like they're fine. They're going to be just fine if they don't ever go across the bridge. And that was a huge, I mean, I still remember it. Like I said, I can see my, my look on my dad's face, but I think it is, it's hard for us as a society. We become very selfish in our society and it's hard for us to look outside of ourselves. But I think for parents, it's even harder because they're so judged and judged by family. Family can be vicious when it comes to parenting. Um, so that's kind of like my, you know, I, I don't, I don't uh, condone, advocate, or support the phrase autism mom, unless you're autistic yourself or autism dad. Um, but I also don't bash and, and refuse to work with parents who, who have those shirts because I don't know their journey and I don't know their pressures, right? And, and parenting, there's a lot of pressure around parenting. Like it is just ridiculous from serving organic foods. And I'm like, that is just ridiculous. Nobody can afford feeding children organic. I mean, I have two boys. You can't afford a $3 apple. For every, I mean, like that's ridiculous. Like, who can do that? Unless right? Ryan's organic family food isn't did. even all that organic if you really look into it. It's Listen, kind of sad. It's Ryan, a know. Ryan's family did. Y'all grew up drinking organic milk, like eight dollars for a half gallon. That was like fifteen years ago. Well, it must be twenty. <laughs> With the Joe Biden inflation, it must be twenty now. But so, so this is what I will say: eating organic food is not necessarily going to make or break parenting, right? Like it doesn't mean that because you're not doing that. And I don't think it really makes, like Ryan said, it's not all that organic anyway. And I will, I will tell my little story in terms of my autistic students who eat Doritos and Oreos every day for lunch and um, some crappy red juice that everybody's like, oh, that's a horrible diet. And that's what they eat every day come to school every day, never sick, never in the hospital, grow up, thrive just fine. And then I have Mary over here who doesn't have any diagnosis, whose mom only lets her eat organic food that she packs and it's gotta be gluten-free and she can't look at a peanut and she's sick all the time. <laughs> like, what is that about, right? And that was kind of a running joke we had in the classrooms as teachers of the, the protected children were so immune, immune compromised. Um, uh, they need to give a little, you know, some of the preservatives in Doritos are probably good for kids. <laughs> here's what, here's what, here's my argument on why organic is good for autistic people. Okay. It has nothing to do with the organic itself. Parents want to be seen as feeding their kids organic because organic is expensive. It means you have money. It means that you can provide for your kids. It's all perception. It means you have a large amount of disposable yeah. income. Yeah. 
one thing um, before we go, one of the things I'd like to talk about, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, is the phrase, and you've heard this a lot, I'm sure, Stacey, uh, autism won today. Yes. Because this is this is, is part of this thing. Now, I personally love this, this, this phrase, oh, personally. It drives me it. crazy. I, I love to use it for me, because think about it, as an autistic individual, it's not meant for autistic individuals, but as an autistic individual, you can use that, and in theory, be absolved from any sort of personal responsibility. Like, didn't show up work today? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. Autism won today. I couldn't get up. It's like, cheat on your girl? I'm sorry, baby. Autism won today. Steal a car? I'm sorry, Your Honor. Autism won today. It's perfect. So I love the phrase personally, but what are your thoughts? Ryan, first of all, what are Ryan. your thoughts on that? What is that, oh, Ryan? It's, what the cat. It? It's, the, it's his cat. Is it the cat? So yeah, it's the cat. My cat. So it's the cat. She's, she's trying to interrupt the podcast. So we had a, we did an interview. Oh, you were there for the, for the Remy interview where her cat mm. just walked right in the middle of the screen. Show us your cat. You yeah. have to. All right, I'll try. I'm, I haven't seen socks in a million years. <gasps> never invite me over. Oh, oh my gosh. Hi, socks. Well, since y'all watching can't see, she's a beautiful tuxedo cat. And she's got a little soul patch right under her chin. Let me see if I can get her to show it. Come here. Oh. Come on. There it is. Have you seen, Ryan, have you seen Henry's cat, Coco? Not yet. Yeah, she's adorable. But anyway, so what are your thoughts on the phrase autism one today? So for context, it's used by, I was making, I was being tongue-in-cheek. It's used by martyr moms, autism moms, who they have a rough, their child will have a rough day. And instead of saying, my child had a rough day today, or we had a rough day today because X, Y, and Z, they'll say, oh, autism won today. Mm-hmm. As if the autism is this nefarious force operating on the child. Or they use it the opposite way. I just saw the other day where somebody posted their kiddo getting a haircut and they said, ooh, we beat autism today. We got a haircut with no uh, crying. Fuck me. Yeah. It just sounds like a scapegoat for me. It just sounds like a... Oh, we messed up. We threw our child into a too much sensory environment. <laughs> so autism just happened to win today. Yeah. It's like, no, you took your kid to a heavy metal concert. You know, it's like, no wonder they never did. Like, you took your kid to a terrible concert. concert. What do you think would happen? Yeah. Any concert in general is like a bad sensory overload. Trust me. Yes. Yes, it is sensory overload. Uh, you well, know, what are your I, thoughts, Stacey? I, I just, I, that is probably my biggest pet peeve um, in terms of when I see that on, on, and I think the reason it bothers me is because once again, it perpetuates the message that our children are like wild, uncontrollable animals that are behavior disordered and they're messing up all of our lives. And that is why I don't like it because every time you post that, People who don't know anything about autism, who follow you, look at that and say, oh, Lord, I'm so glad my grandbaby don't have autism. Oh, Lord, that autism is bad because that's what you keep putting out or you put out something, you know, like the win, right? In terms of, I think for me, and this is my intellectual, I don't necessarily think I'm in a nerd, but my, I'm just very... I'm an educator. I, I'm just a teacher. I'm just all about learning and I love to learn and I want to teach. So okay. for me, for me, <laughs> for me, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a missed opportunity for you to 
maybe explain so that people can understand. There's a lady on Instagram that I have to honestly say, she is one of the few moms that does not bother me in terms of her platform shows her child because she is literally educating everyone on understanding autism from her child's perspective in a very positive way. And I like that, right? She's, she's, you know, I, I like that. And it's not like a, it's in a beautiful organic way. Right. And I should send her a message and tell her that, but, but I, because typically I'm kind of bothered when people, you know, I certainly don't want anyone to show a meltdown on, 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 on social media. Um, she doesn't do that, but um, I, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it because it also does not help with the narrative around having that autism um, or that autistic identity in terms of people then think the autism is separate from the child and then you can get rid of it. And people, it perpetuates, there's a cure. It perpetuates, it's separate. It perpetuates that it's something wrong and broken that we can fix. And I think that's where I'm always coming from, Torin, because I'm always looking at how are people who know nothing perceiving this post? How are people who know nothing, right? There's already enough people um, uh, who give out wrong information. And, and Ryan, Torin, uh, uh, Torin, should I share the story about the webinar that I attended to Ryan? Oh, yeah, sure. Ryan, I attended this webinar that was presented by a children's hospital, and it was titled understanding autism right so okay. i'm like oh, oh this is a children's hospital yes children's okay. hospital and, yes so um i'm sitting and i'm listening and i'm horrified at the information being provided and typically if i don't like a workshop i just leave right because i'm like oh but this was just horrible i mean i was horrified i was insulted i was like angry I had like a range of emotions and then I did something I've never done before. I actually sent a comment during the webinar to the host. I didn't put in the chat because I'm not trying to start a big you know, mess. I'm just trying to let them know and give them feedback. And I just simply said, I'm just really disappointed in the antiquated information that you're presenting. There are, there are parents who've just gotten a new diagnosis for their child, and this is the information you're giving them. They know nothing about autism, and you're presenting antiquated, horrible things that make autistic people look like wild animals. And I was really pissed. And I told him, I said, but I'm going to sit and I'm going to hang in for another 10, 15 minutes because maybe your angle is, oh, that's what we used to think. And now, right. I'm like, okay, maybe this is just the lead up. Oh, Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So I left. And the next day I wrote an email to the person who hosted the event. Now I haven't heard back from them, but I wrote to them, you know, and, and said, you know, you, you guys need to do better. If you're going to put something out, it needs to be something that autistic individuals are contributing to. I'm like, you mean to tell me in the town you live in, like Dallas, Texas, you couldn't find one autistic adult to come and present about understanding autism to people. Seriously? We interviewed someone from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Like even our podcast knows someone from Dallas, Texas, who could have done that. It was literally, it was literally a, it wasn't about understanding autism. It was a diagnosis criteria, DSM-5 teardown of autistic individuals is exactly what it was. It was horrible. I mean, I don't think I've ever, I've heard people say some really stupid stuff when it comes to autism. 
I was really just, it was horrible. It was so bad. It was really, really bad. Um, and I was embarrassed, right, for the fact that it was a medical facility that supposedly Children's Hospital had no clue what, and all of these parents are are getting the wrong information. Anyway, um, so I, and, you know, now that I think about it, that webinar is probably going to facilitate some martyr moms, right? Because they're getting this input that it's just this horrible picture of disaster. Um, I mean, antiquated. When I tell you the stuff they said, I was like, this is what people said in the 50s. Like, this is 2022. We don't say that anymore. Um, it was really bad, really, really bad. I'm hoping that no autistic people actually went to it because I kind of want to I kind of want to see it now. That's only because I have a very dark sense of humor. So I find mm -hmm. like the more hate hateful it is, mm -hmm. the more comical I find it. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's just because I had a really fucked up upbringing. So yeah. I kind of had to learn how to find yeah. humor and really messed up things. It's, it's your it's your Richard Pryor story, right? Like yeah. Richard Pryor had like really, really crazy childhood. So in order to survive, you either have to laugh at it or you just sit in a dark corner and, and wither away, right? <laughs> yeah. So I've oh, I've heard some, some so <laughs> like whenever I hear like autism hate, it's just it makes me giggle. I know it's wrong, but it, it makes me giggle. And I, I I appreciate that you are taking ownership of the phrase and making it. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, I it won today. Oh, I got like three hours of sleep, so you like, should, I'm half you should, out of it. So autism you should make sleep. a t-shirt that says autism can win to get you out of a date. Autism can win to get you out of stealing. Autism can win. And you know, some parents will do that. Some parents will we actually do that reach and more people it. and make more money than this. Yeah, we should do that and then market it to the martyr moms. Yep. That's it. But there are some parents who will do that. They'll take modern mom to another level where, you know, their child will start eating cookies in the store and they're like, oh, well, you know, he's autistic. Okay. Just <laughs> because your child is autistic does not mean they get to eat cookies in the store out of the package just randomly. If you know your child. You moms because they do that with their normal kids. I know. I will say, I will say I've used the autism card. Uh, more than a few times, like I once got out of being fired from a job for saying just wildly misogynistic shit. Like legitimately, I'm not gonna repeat, but there was some misogynistic stuff that was said to coworkers, like in public, that I should have been shit canned for. And when they came to shit can me, I was like, well, listen, I'm autistic. I, I didn't know that's not. I, I didn't know I shouldn't have said that shit. I promise I won't do it again. And they can only let me keep, luckily, luckily I was good at my job. So that helped too. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely played the autism. I've, I've played the autism card quite a few times to keep myself from getting fired for some dumb shit I did that well, was not I think, autism related. Yes. And I think a lot of people use different cards for different things. Moms in general will use, I got to leave work early to pick my kids up from daycare. They're closing early. And all the other coworkers are like, that's not fair. They don't get to leave because they have children and we don't. Yeah. So Lots of cards are used to get out of a lot of stuff at work, Torin, and that is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have a with that. If it works, if you can get out, here's the thing I learned. The last thing I'll say, we got to wrap this up. So the last thing that will come from me is if you can find a way to get, if you're an autistic individual, if you're listening to this, or, an, or, or, or a parent of an autistic individual, life is hard. If mm -hmm. there's a way you can get out of some shit because of being a parent of an autistic individual or being autistic, you should use it. 
Like, if that can get you off work early, if I've cheated on tests in college, like, because, like, I, I've used that to, I've used the combinations you get mm-hmm. that they, the, the combinations are made so you can't cheat, but I've taken them and then stretched them out mm-hmm. to make it so I could cheat because no one knows what the other person was doing. So I tell one person I need one combination, one person other, and then I get, I, I end up getting to cheat on tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used that to cheat. I've used that. <laughs> I've used that to cheat on my SATs, actually. I still didn't score that well, but I wouldn't have gotten into college without that shit. Um, So if you can find a way to leverage your disability Mm -hmm. or or your caregiver or someone with disability, leverage that to make your life easier, that doesn't make you a martyr mom. Yeah. It just makes you smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's taking on the persona and then forgetting that your child is the one that needs support. Exactly. Just don't forget that yeah. it's not like you said, Stacey, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You chose to become a parent. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Maybe you didn't want, maybe you weren't, you, you didn't know it'd be this way. Maybe you weren't expecting to be a parent. Maybe your spouse wanted kids and you really didn't, but you decided to have kids. That's the first person to create to have sex with you. I get it. I know people in that situation. It happens, yes. but you're here now. You got to rise to the occasion. Yes. Yes. And, and, and pregnancy is, unpredictable. I mean, you, you don't know when you open the box of Cracker Jacks, what prize you're going to get. Right. Um, and, and, and we have cards that are dealt to us through life and we have to figure out how to, to manage it. But I, I do think it is very dangerous when parents forget it's about the child and it's not about them. And, um, because our children grow up, like you all said, you all grow up, you're, 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 you're separate individuals from your parents. And I think that parents need to recognize that sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts on final thoughts, Ryan? Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly what you said. Like if parents really need to understand that when you have a kid, you're not the center of the universe. Well, you never were. You're an, ind- you're an individual on this tiny rock in the middle of space, mm-hmm. lower your expectations, but When you have a kid, you're raising a human being who literally is born with no skills whatsoever for surviving. So you got to remember that. Yeah. And you can't live vicariously through your kid. You can't have your kid do the things you always wanted to do. They're an individual. They're going to have their own interests. Yeah. Their own love interests, you know, their own things they want to do. And, you know, um, my final say on that for parents, um, because I, we're, we are not trying to minimize the challenges, right, in navigating parenting an autistic child. The schools alone um, are, are just overwhelming. Um, but we, we are having this discussion to shift the narrative around thinking, right, thinking about um, how your child is being impacted and not only how your child's being impacted now, but your stuff that you put on social media, your child is going to see that one day when they are, you know, um, older and, uh, that I just, you know, some of the stuff that parents put, I'm just like, oh my gosh, when your child reads that, like, that's like, going to suck for them. That's, that's, that's really, really, really child will over. never know what's going on. They'll be like, well, they don't know, I know what's going on. They'll I know. always have the mind of an eight-month-old. Yeah, yeah. And and I no, think- we know. We know what you said. We know of what course. you meant. Yep. And they know, and they're hearing it, even if your child is not speaking and communicating to you verbally, and you think they don't know what's going on, 
they are hearing every single thing that we you did say. a whole podcast, which will probably yes. come out before this one. Yes. Where I just read all of my IEPs and my evaluations, mm-hmm. or most of them, because I still have a lot of them from the time yeah. I was three years old to the time I was 15. Mm-hmm. And like, I got to read that shit and be like, yeah. Oh God, this is some, this is some good, this is some good gaslighting. Like that quality gaslight, like the yeah. stuff you go to Williamsburg and it costs like $50 a bottle, like mm-hmm. quality gaslighting. So yeah. I think we're ready to get out of here. So Stacey, yes. that's why we're working to. We are working to shift the narrative on everything autism. And I will say to all of the wonderful parents out here um, listening to this podcast, and I'm going to assume that you're listening because you are open to shifting your narrative around autism. And just sometimes think about when you want to say something or do something or wear something, put yourself in your child's shoes and think what I want my mom to say that about me. And I read about it when I'm 15 or 18. Um, Think about it because your child is very aware and they're very present Um, even though it may not appear that way to you because it looks different. Um, And and I fully believe when parents shift their narrative around their child and their autistic child and around um, how they present um, anything about autism to other people, then you shift the narrative of others. And so use your powers for good. (laughs) That's what I'll say. That's it. That's it. We'll see you guys. Thank you guys so much for this great conversation. I know it's kind of controversial, but we just need to sit and have discussions because we have to keep talking about things so that we, all right, I'm going to stop. Thanks. (laughs) See ya. Hey guys, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, find us on Twitter at Shifting Autism. You can follow Stacy on Twitter at Autism Sage and Instagram at Everything Autism. Follow me on Twitter at TK underscore Aspie, on Instagram at Autistic underscore Author, and on Facebook at The Autistic Author. Thanks for listening.